Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, where we tackle the challenges of raising teenagers without the drama. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Hi, parents of teens and tweens. Do you have a teenager with ADHD? Are you concerned about their struggles with focus, impulse control, time management, social skills, and self-esteem? If these challenges sound familiar, you're in the right place. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dana Kay. Dana is not only a board-certified holistic health and nutrition practitioner, but also a two-time international best-selling author and the visionary leader of the ADHD Thrive Institute. Today, we're going to explore effective strategies to alleviate the symptoms of ADHD and help our teens to excel in their personal and academic lives. Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yes, and this is such an important topic and it hits home for me personally, so I'm really I'm excited to learn from you. Oh no, I, I, I'm the same. I, I just, I just want to shout it from the rooftops because there's so many families out there that are struggling and kids that are struggling that just don't need to. I know. Oh, I love hearing that. They don't need to. Okay. Now I'm really excited. Can you start with a 10 second backstory of just what inspired you to focus on ADHD? Yes. Oh my gosh. 10 seconds. That's going to be hard. (laughs) Well, you can take longer if you'd like. (laughs) Uh, In essence, I was actually an accountant in a past life. So please don't uh, tell or share (laughs) that with anyone. Um, But it was really my son that got me into Mm -hmm. where I am today. Um, And he was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of four and he was immediately put on medication. Mm. And I was actually excited about that. And I felt this sense of relief when he was diagnosed because it wasn't my fault. I wasn't right. a bad mom. And, you know, that pill was going to be the pill that would, would fix our family. Uh, at first things were, were great. He, he started to calm down a bit. He was able to, you know, play nicely with his baby brother, his meltdowns reduced, but then symptoms started to return and the medication was increased in dosage. He started to have side effects, uh, wasn't able to sleep, wasn't able to, he was losing mm. weight, wasn't able to eat. Uh, the doctor added in a second medication and then a third medication. And then he handed me a prescription for the fourth medication. And that's when I sort of said, hold on, this doesn't seem okay. And that sent me back to school, to my holistic health degree, multiple specific certifications in this area to really learn how I can help him in other ways. Mm. I learned you know, how food can affect so many aspects of our lives. I began to learn that ADHD symptoms can be reduced naturally and kids with ADHD Mm -hmm. can thrive. Uh, And I learned that medication isn't the only option. Um, Today, he's a teenager. um, So this is a great (laughs) podcast to be on. Uh, He's 14. He's a, he's a straight A student. That doesn't bother me. Even if he was a C student, that would be totally fine. But the most important thing is He's happy yeah. uh, and and our house is calm and oh, it has that yeah. peace. Uh, and, and once I just learned all of that, I couldn't keep it to myself. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want anyone else to have to go through those struggles that I went through. Uh, I've been lucky enough to help over a, a, a thousand other families get to that same place as me, but just 
a little bit quicker than I did. (laughs) Yeah, which is wonderful that you're out there sharing this information because I know a lot of parents who this is a very big struggle and Mm. we want to help and we have no idea how. And putting them on medication is just, it's scary. And your puppy is adorable. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about focus control. So what are some of the common things that parents are, or kids are doing, or parents are doing, or in our life we're doing that are actually making making symptoms of ADHD worse than they need to be. Yeah, look, I mean, I it, we're not doing anything that we uh, that is our fault. You know, it's not our fault. We don't know what we know, don't know. Right. And so I think I think parents just need to let go of that guilt firstly, you know. And so anything that I share today is not is coming from a place of like when you actually learn and know better, you can, you can do better. Uh, I was the mom that, Mm -hmm. you know, put my son on medication. I'm not against medication. There's a time and a place for it, but for a five-year-old to be on four strong ADHD medications, that's not okay. So no guilt whatsoever from over here. But I think that like, there's so many things that can contribute to uh, these debilitating ADHD symptoms. But I think the best thing and the easiest thing that families can start with is really starting to feed the body with foods that are going to feed the body, the brain, and Mm -hmm. the gut, and that are low inflammatory. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all rushing around these days where we're eating a lot of packaged foods, and if we can just start nourishing the body a little bit, that is a great place to start. I can tell you that there are products in the USA. I live in the USA. Mm -hmm. I know I don't sound like it, but I live in in (laughs) Seattle, Washington. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But there are products here in the USA that the same company, same product in other countries have different ingredients Mm. because the ingredients here in the USA are still being used, whereas in other countries they're not. And things like, you know, I'll just I'll just give you some examples. Yeah. Things like artificial dyes, mm-hmm. artificial colors, and those can actually exacerbate ADHD symptoms. I've got so many studies. I'm actually just creating a, a dye free for ADHD course as we as we speak. Nice. And I was just doing that content. But there are so many studies that support that it's really not good for kids, especially with ADHD. Let alone, you know, the kids in the general population. Yeah. So here's the tricky part. So we want to hear from you what we want to really make sure we're avoiding and some of the things we want to lean towards. And then I want to talk about how do we convince our teens to eat the things that we Mm -hmm. want in a world where, you know, chips and Doritos and things, which I'm sure have tons of those dyes, um, where those are what they want to eat. So let's first start what do we want to avoid? I know dyes, but in general, are there types of foods that we just, we don't yeah. want to put in put in our cabinets? I'm going to say this, and I know that there's going to be parents that are going to go, oh, are you serious? Um, so I'm just going to lay it all out there. Um, gluten, dairy, soy, artificial <gasps> flavors. Are you artificial serious? <laughs> <laughs> you just took away my entire diet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, but. Rome was not built in a day. You do not need to do this all in a day either. (laughs) And so if we can just have that awareness and then just start 
adjusting one product at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, kids don't need to go without and there are alternatives for those Doritos. There are alternatives for that dye-ridden candy. There's so much out there uh, that that can help and it's really just following people in in the industry that can help you with those with those suggestions on replacements you know diet is the foundation of everything it's kind of like when you're building a house if that house doesn't have a solid foundation it's not going to be very strong and that's the same with with us adults kids anyone if our if our diet isn't strong our brain can't thrive. Our we can't focus. We we are hyperactive. We do have mood dysregulation, and a lot of that food, a lot of those chemicals that we are actually putting into our body, is actually breaking down our gut. Mm. And our gut brain connection is massive. Yeah. Um, and that's a topic for a whole other day. And I know that we've only got a short amount of time, so I don't know if we've got enough time to go into that. But if you think about you know, the, the gut talks to the brain via two-way chemical messengers mm-hmm. um, and the main area that is responsible for that communication in the brain is the frontal lobe. Right. And the frontal lobe is responsible for things like attention and focus and executive function and planning and organising, all the things that kids with ADHD struggle with. Right. Uh, a big kicker for me, and I think this is, you know, m- in particular more with the younger kids, the gut's responsible for making 95% of our serotonin and really? 50% of our dopamine, mm-hmm. which are our happy, feel-good yep. neurotransmitters or hormones that regulate our emotion. They maintain our mood balance and they help our cognitive function. And, again, those are areas that a lot of parents that have kids with ADHD struggle with. Uh, people think that, you know, that emotional dysregulation is actually, you know, we need to deal with the 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 emotions, but actually a lot of it starts in the gut where those hormones are created. So when we're adding that food that is toxic, that has those chemicals in it, it's actually breaking down that gut and then breaking down that gut-brain connection. Dana, can you give us, and I don't know if this is possible, but this is what I personally want. Can you give us like five of the worst, and it doesn't have to be a brand, but five of the worst type of foods we can have in the house and kind of more specific than, you know, all my breads, but five of the worst foods to have in the house. That's a really, really hard one. I know, but what are like really big culprits that you're like, just no. Yeah, look, I would say um, uh, definitely uh, uh, candies that have that artificial dyes mm. and flavors, and that's really, really easy to actually start to replace. Yeah. So there's a there's a store online called the Natural Candy Store, and they have all of the different replacements on there. And even if you don't buy from there, you can actually go on and <clears throat> use their filter and get uh, the brand recommendations and then go and buy it at you know, your drugstore or your supermarket. Uh, and so that's a really sort of easier one. Your kids don't need to go without. Let's just make it a little bit better for them. And so, uh, you know, let's start there. Uh, there are so many different foods. I, I, I don't even know. I don't think I can pick five because it's more about the category than okay. the actual food itself. And so yeah. when I say gluten, um, you know, I know gluten is every, in, in, in a lot of things, um, but gluten is one of the, uh, the biggest inflammatory foods, especially mm-hmm. for kids with, uh, with ADHD uh, because gluten 
is known to break down the the lining of the gut. It's 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 known to create inflammation in the body and the brain. It actually creates this uh, antibody, not in everyone, but in majority of kids, especially the ones that I've worked with, I've seen it. I actually do lab testing. I can actually see if this antibody is there and it's called glutamorphin. Mm -hmm. What does that sound like? Glutamorphin? Doesn't sound good. I don't know. Morphine. Glutamorphin. Okay. I didn't even go there. Yes. So when you actually eat gluten, it Uh, if you've got this antibody, it binds to the opioid receptors in the brain and Mm -hmm. creates neuropsychological issues. Okay. Then when you go on a gluten-free diet, uh, you're more prone to having a gluten withdrawal response, just like someone would if they are withdrawing from morphine. And I know that that's a little bit scary, but that's just one of the reasons that, you know, when you've got a kid who's got this depression, this anxiety, that mood dysregulation, uh, or a big breakdown in that gut-brain connection, gluten could actually be Mm. a trigger to that. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, there's nothing that hurts at least trying to see if that's an impact. If you're going to try this and say, let's let's remove gluten and, Mm -hmm. you know, Right there, that gives me anxiety. But let's remove gluten. How long do you need to go without it to be able to tell if it's actually having an impact? It's so different for every child. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a there was a number. When when I removed that out of my son's diet, uh, he was a different kid within two weeks. Oh wow! And but for some kids, it is much more systemic for them, and mm-hmm. so it will take a lot longer for that gluten to stop reacting in the body. It could be you know three to six months. I would say a really good twelve week period of being a hundred percent. You know, you can't just be eighty twenty. For, for the body to to stop reacting, you can't be giving a little bit and then taking it away and a little bit, especially if you've got this antibody glutamorphin because it's kind of like this tug of war. You're going to be giving that. It's going to be creating, binding to the opioid receptors. You're going to be taking it away and they're going to go through withdrawal. Then you're going to give it again. Then they're going to have to go through withdrawal again. That, and so it's like that. And so that withdrawal period, you know, can last for five days, two weeks. But once you get over that, that's when all the magic starts to happen. Uh, and it doesn't happen to everyone. So don't, uh, it's not, it's not as bad as <laughs> I know. Right. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But, um, you know, a good 12 weeks mm-hmm. uh, to really, to really get an idea. It is harder with teens though. You yeah. really need their buy-in and, and depending on their age, you know, a 12 year old is different than a 16 year old who's actually working and earning their own money. And so I think, you know, you, you, you mentioned earlier, well, what do we do with those teens that yeah. are resistant, that have their own money, that can go out and buy those things? You know, you, you have to really get them to understand the why. Mm. Do they like struggling with their ADHD symptoms? Yeah. Do they like that depression? Do they like that emotional dysregulation? Or do they actually want to feel better? And so when they can understand why they're doing something and they can understand how that feels inside their body, it is amazing to see them actually buy into. And so we have a lot of different strategies we can help families with in getting that teen to buy in. But the biggest one is getting them to understand the why. It's like for us as well. We need to understand that why. 
Well, I think the other difficult part is just thinking with my teen, you know, it's who loves DoorDash. Um, it's <laughs> how do you find replacements that are not going to make them feel deprived or weird? Yeah. Let's yep. be real. No, like, yeah, oh, I'm totally. not allowed to eat that. We're going, we're going out. Well, I can't, you know, so how do you, how does your teen kind of change the diet without that. having to overthrow his whole life? Look, I think I think that there are so many kids with food allergies these days yeah. that you know if you if you choose something that doesn't have gluten in it, you know, uh, but the, the the amount of places that have a gluten free burger bun is like they're everywhere. Yeah. We go out and eat out all the time. Uh, we don't even let it worry us anymore. Um, we've been on this journey for a lot longer mm-hmm. and and so for us it's just normal life. And so at first it might seem overwhelming and, yes, I agree, it's really overwhelming at first, uh, but, you know, if you, if you have a plan and if you follow that plan and you are prepared, all of a sudden it becomes part of your normal life, lifestyle. Now my son, he's 14, He's been on this journey since he was four, Uh, but he goes and experiments and he can actually now see it in his body that it doesn't do good. He actually like can't sleep at night if he eats something with an artificial dye or artificial flavor and he actually bounces off the bed and he's like, mom, and I'm like, well, Natural consequences. Uh, Exactly, right? Those are the choices. Because we, if we're the ones like restricting the diet and doing all that, we're not helping them learn to make good choices. But you're very, you're very right too that so many kids have allergies now and different dietary Mm -hmm. needs that they probably will fit in more having a dietary need than not. Totally, (laughs) totally. But I think, I think we've got to, um, we're not trying to restrict their diet. Right. We're actually trying to help our whole family health because at the end of the day, this helps everyone. And I can tell you, you know, I've got families that go through my program where the parents make the change as well. We've had people that have been chronically high cholesterol their whole life and then they've dropped 30 points and the doctor's like, what have you done? And they're like, oh, I just changed my diet. And they're like, well, keep doing it. We've had, you know, people that have had terrible, terrible gout in their feet and and, uh, it disappeared. We've had other, we had this one lady who had terrible, terrible inflammation in her body. Some days she couldn't actually get out of bed Mm. and she was waiting for the doctor, like a specialist appointment. And she, you know, she had to wait like three months to get in and she made these changes for herself as well at home. The doctor rang, I think about 10 weeks into her journey and said, okay, we've got an appointment for you. Let's come in. And she's like, I don't need to come in anymore. My inflammation's completely gone. Yeah. I feel fantastic. Migraines is another one. Fam- mm. Like a lot of women suffer with hormonal migraines or migraines that, um, that aren't hormonal changing their diet this way completely disappear. Yeah. And getting your teen on board, it is all about having them be part of the decision and yeah. not saying, hey, we're rest- you, you, we don't like your behavior. We're going to restrict your food. Now you've got to eat this because that's going to say you need fix. Something's wrong with you. Correct. It's all on you instead of saying, you know what, let's try this and see if it helps your focus and the yeah. things that's important yeah. to them. Definitely, definitely. Look, it's, you know, when you've got a kid that's getting into trouble all the time, when you've got a kid that's failing school, they know, especially yeah, they if they're do. teenagers, 
and they they probably don't like it, but they probably don't know what to do. And like that's a warning sign from their body that, you know, it's a cry for help like that, especially if there's a mood dysregulation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, when they can really start connecting the dots and, and my son completely has, and I can tell you, he is the most wonderful child. Uh, It's like all of a sudden just clicked in his mind. I never thought I would say this because I was in that, you know, I was in that tornado of, Mm. of, of that ADHD. And I, I just felt like a a terrible mom and our whole house was like walking on eggshells. And I never thought that I would, would get out of that, but I'm just like, I'm bedazzled every day, even though he's been amazed, he's, be, he's, he's gotten better so, so much over the years and it's been like this for a while. I still say to my husband, I'm like, I just can't believe mm. what an amazing child he is. And, you know, parenting's hard. Mm-hmm. Like my little one now who doesn't have ADHD, who's 10 years old, he's the hard one. Right. <laughs> and exactly. so, you know, it's, it's like, I, I think that if we can really get them to understand. And also, especially if your kid is into sports, mm-hmm. you can use that as a like, mm-hmm. this is going to help you in sports. This is going to help you here. Uh, it's a lot It's a lot easier that they, if they're trying to achieve something that they're really passionate about. Right. Get the best use out of their body. What are yes. some other ways that parents can help kids manage their ADHD symptoms? Yeah, look, it's it's I kind of like uh, explaining uh, um, bringing up a kid with ADHD as baking a pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's a really funny analogy, but you know, as long as the pie doesn't have gluten. Yeah, as long as the pie doesn't have gluten. Very good, <laughs> very good point. Actually, no one's ever said that to me. <laughs> uh, so, but you know, there are many ingredients that go into that pie. We're not, we don't need to make the award-winning pie, do we? We just want to make a good pie. We want to, we want that pie to be liked, you know, we want that pie to be enjoyed by everyone. And so there are ingredients that go to it. And I sort of say like, you can't have a pie without the base. So that mm-hmm. base is that diet, that, that foundation, you know, and then we have the pie filling and that might be another ingredient, but there, there is a number of things that we need to bake a good pie. And it can be looking a bit deeper. You know, diet might be the be all and end all for some kids where mm-hmm. you you change the diet and, and they start thriving. But for other kids, it may be a little bit deeper. It may be that gut-brain connection. So, you know, maybe we want to do a stool test to see what's going on in the gut and we can bring in some targeted supplementation to really uh, help with that gut-brain connection, help heal that gut. It may be an imbalance in their neurotransmitter, so that serotonin and that dopamine. Mm-hmm. It may be mold exposure. You would be surprised how many kids we see mold on lab tests inside that's riddled inside their body. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, um, you know, really like identifying what is going on inside that body and sort of targeting it for that particular person. You know, so that's one thing. That might be the filling. Then we might have the cloves on top, the cloves, as you would call. Yeah, cloves. Cloves? Cloves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you know, and the cloves are exercise. Mm-hmm. Exercise is the number one best thing that kids can do to help manage ADHD symptoms. Mm-hmm. So where, you know, kids these days, they're not getting out and doing much exercise. Yeah. 
and they say ages sort of six to teenage years should be doing at least one hour a day, at Mm -hmm. least one hour a day. Anyone younger than that should be actually doing it multiple times throughout the day. So a lot more exercise, but most of our kids aren't. They're at school, they're sitting down, they come home, they do homework, they're on their media devices uh, and they're not getting enough. So exercise for sure is one of those things. Uh, Another thing is, you know, um, a lot of our kids uh, could uh, like technology. Okay. I don't know about about uh, if you've talked about technology a lot on the podcast, oh, but yeah. yeah, I'm sure you know. Like <laughs> there are positives mm-hmm. and there are negatives, uh, and you know it's 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 going to be part of our lives. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but when it's left unmanaged, it can become a bad yeah. thing, and it really really affects our kids' growing brains, and so really putting you know boundaries around that technology. Yeah. You've hit a lot of hot topics that create a lot of conflict and arguments in homes. Yes. Um, right? <laughs> These are all things where parents are like, well, if my, I would want my child to eat well and I want my child to exercise and I want my child to sleep and I want my, you know, and I'm, we're struggling with this. I think the key that I'm hearing here is that this is about working with your child. First, I like the idea of we've got to explore what's going on. If we assume our child is just their behavior is they're just a bad kid and they're mm-hmm. just their behaviors all over their their emotional dysregulation is just off the charts and that's just them and we get mad at them and we punish them to make them stop, we're not addressing the need. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of different things and how they're taking care of their body is a big piece of this. Yeah. When we try to force it on them, we're just filling, feeding into the things that are causing the problems, right? Yeah. So this is about working with them. And it is about going towards and focusing on the things that's important to them. You said, you know, you play a sport. Do you want to be faster? This is going to yes. make, we can make you faster. You're, you're studying and you're really good at school. This can make tests even easier. You know, it's the things that matter to them that they're going to get buy-in. And then we do it as family, right? 100%. 100%. You know, if you isolate a child out, they'll think that they're they're the ones that are broken uh, and and – one step at a time, you know, yeah. and I'll, I'll come back Not with the everything same. at once, right? No, I did everything at once on day one. <laughs> I will tell you, I ended up on my bedroom floor multiple times oh. with multiple panic attacks. Yeah. I do not teach that way. <laughs> it is not the right way. Um, I, I paid for it. I learned from my mistakes. But, you know, if a, if a product that you use if you turn it around and you can't understand what the ingredients are, if they're my rule of thumb is if there's more than five ingredients, you know, yeah. I always put it back on the shelf. But if that product finishes, buy it better for you. Yeah. And then that will become part of normal life and then change to another product. Right. Becomes part of the regular shopping exactly. list and the things that, and then you do, you start replacing the things that yes. are bad and looking at the ingredients. Have you heard of the Yuka app? The Yuka app? Yes, I have. Yes. Do you recommend yes. that? Does that work? There are for a you? couple of different apps out there. 
Uh, there's a bit of controversy around the Yucca app. There's is another there? one called Fig, which is uh, which I've heard is really really good. Okay. Um, uh, there's a great guy on Instagram. Um, he has an app called Bobby Approved. Uh, he does these great videos uh, that um, you know he'll go into Costco and he says, "Oh, this is Bobby Approved," uh, and he's fantastic. He yeah. he's got an app. So there are a number of apps out there, um, but Fig is a good one. And and that's just all starts the learning process, doesn't it? And 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 once you just know, you don't need an app. Like I don't have an app. I don't need an app. Um, another great website actually when you're starting out is called ewg.org. Okay. And they've got, you know, they go beyond diet. They've actually got something called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. So mm. when we're focusing on food, um, organic versus non-organic, the Dirty Dozen are the top 12 fruits and vegetables that are sprayed with pesticides yeah. that you should be buying organic for. And the Clean 15 are the, top, the 15 that are, have found the least pe- pe- pesticide residue. And so you can buy non-organic for those. And then everything in between is based on your budget right. uh, because every budget is different. They also have um, their clean skin and uh, area and also cleaning products because also what you put on your skin, uh, what you put in your mouth. organ. Exactly. Yeah. And so you can rate products. They rate the products yeah. and, you know, A, B, C, D. And so if you've got a cleaning product that you're finishing up, you can go onto that site, rate it. If it's a D, maybe you should buy an alternative. <laughs> Well, and one of the reasons I, I brought this up too is because, I mean, I'll try the other ones. I'm obsessed with the Yuka app, but I have to look into it. But it's fun for my daughter. So it mm. makes finding healthy foods a challenge and fun. So she yes. has it and it's like, let's compete on who can get the high, find the highest rated version of this, right? That's awesome. And, so, and then she takes it with her and can pick out stuff. Um, yes. And finding someone on TikTok or YouTube yes. that talks about the best products, that's reaching them in the way that they relate. So now 100%. we're getting them bought into it and they're the ones that are going to be coming to us saying, hey, we need to try this. It's trending mm-hmm. on, you you know, TikTok. It's trending on TikTok. We got to go get <laughs> this, right? Um, but let's use that to our benefit because yeah. it, it's I amazing. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm totally going to take that from you and use <laughs> I think that is a really, really good strategy. Um, you know, it's funny. I, uh, one of my team was speaking to someone today and they're like, Oh, um, I follow Dana on TikTok. We're not on TikTok a lot, but I follow Dana on TikTok. She doesn't have many followers on TikTok because like I am, I am in my mid forties. I am not a TikTok, you know, but on Instagram and my team's like, Oh, if you look at her on Facebook and Instagram, she's got so many followers. So yes, we've got to Adapt our, <laughs> our social use. Yes, exactly. I love that. <laughs> so before we go, I want I, I ask every guest to give us one key insight or key takeaway you want parents to to leave with from this episode. I think that I'll give two, if that's okay, okay that's and I'll, I'll be really really quick. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, I would say that's the biggest thing because it can be, this journey is overwhelming already. Uh, And so when we real, we just need to remember that only one step keeps us moving forward. And so if those feelings of overwhelm come over you, just remember that, you know, write it down on a piece of paper, put it on your mirror. Uh, 
it doesn't matter. You can just take one step at a time. I think that's the biggest thing and I, I, that I wish I would have known when I started this journey. Um, the second thing is, and I think this is for everyone, and I think I said it at the beginning, that kids with ADHD can thrive. Yeah. There is hope. They don't need to suffer. You know, it's not a death sentence. And so there are many strategies that can help with that. And, you know, parents that have those neurodevelopmental, you know, concerns with their kids feel like they're on this island by themselves and they're not alone. So, you know, I think that it's really important to understand they're not alone, there is hope, and their kids can thrive. Yeah, they're not broken at all. No. Nope. What is one thing that parents can do, like one simple action I can do as soon as I'm done listening to this episode to start the process? Maybe download the Yuka app. There you go. <laughs> I think I think just awareness. I think, you know, you now got a lot of information from listening yeah. to this podcast. And so maybe just go and change that first product. Start with breakfast. Yep. Good. Change that one product. Uh, go into your pantry, find a candy or a, or a chips, turn it round, look at it. Does it have red number 40? Does it have blue number one in it? Does it have a name of a colour? And if it does, find an alternative for that product. Love it. Dana, how can people find you? They can find me at my website, which is ADHDthriveinstitute.com on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok <laughs> but like I don't have a huge amount of followers on TikTok <laughs> at ADHDthriveinstitute.com. I do have my best selling, my international best selling book, uh, Thriving with ADHD, which is a guide to naturally reducing ADHD uh, symptoms in your child, which is available on Amazon. That's amazing. I need to read that. Thank <laughs> you, Dana. I'm so grateful you could join us today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. I really appreciate you. If you found this episode enlightening, take a quick second to click the follow button, then forward it to a friend. And if you want more information on how to best support your teens, download my 10 top tips for raising teens at askdrcam.com slash parenting tips. Until next time, stay curious. Remember, there's always more to the story than what you see. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Don't forget to hit follow so you don't miss a single episode and share the love by passing this on to a friend. Until next time, keep making a positive impact in your teen's life.